Welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Now let me ask you a very serious, spiritual, soul-searching question. If you knew beyond the shadow of a doubt what God's will was for your life, would you do it? I believe I would. And I believe most people would do God's will if they knew what it was. And that's what many people tell me. They say, if I knew without a doubt what God wanted me to do, I would definitely do it. But then I probe, I ask a few other questions. Like what? Like, is it God's will for you to pray? I mean, not just at meal times. I'm sure they say, yes, it is God's will for me to pray. Everyone says that, but when I ask them, how often do you pray? They put their heads down and they say, not too often. And then I ask, would you say that you pray an average of 10 minutes a day? No, a lot less than that, many say. And so I ask another question. Is it God's will for you to read the Bible, not just at church? And I'm sure they say yes to that question too, because Jesus says, this is eternal life to know God and Jesus Christ. And God reveals who he is in his holy word, the Bible. Yes. But when I ask people, how often do you read the Bible? They say, okay, you got me again, not too often. So would you say that you read it 10 minutes a day? No, less than that. What about once a week? Probably not. And so I encourage them with these words of Jesus, where he says, Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Mm. And here's what Jesus is saying to all who want to know God's will for their life. Use what God has clearly given you and do not worry about that which is still unclear. Yeah, why would God give me, give you a deeper knowledge of His will if we are not faithfully doing what we already clearly understand? Our special guest on It Is Written Canada today is Professor Stephen Reeser, who is the Chair of Religious Studies at Berman University in Lacombe, Alberta. In a moment, Professor Reeser will share with you some deeper insights into how you can know God's will for your life. Welcome again to It Is Written Canada. We're going to look at the Bible together with Professor Stephen Reeser, who is the Chair of Religious Studies at Berman University in Lacombe, Alberta. Professor Stephen, welcome to It Is Written Canada today. 
Thank you, I'm really delighted to be here. So, Professor Reeser, we're gonna look at the Bible and we're gonna look at God's will. So why is this an important question that we know God's will for our lives? Well, this is a question that you get asked a lot. It is And true. that I get asked a lot, and yeah. pastors and teachers and parents uh, often get asked, well, how can I know what God wants me to do? And the truth is, uh, when we come to these moments of transition in our lives, and we're not sure what to do, we want to know what God's will is. In fact, I just had a, a, a recent graduate from Berman uh, come, and ask, come and talk to me and say, what do, should I do? I've got these options. How can I know what God wants me to do? Mm -hmm. So it's in those transition places where we're not just living as we normally live, you know, from day to day, but all of a sudden, oh, now what do I do? What's the next step? That's right. Yeah. Those forks in the road where we have a life choice, as we call them, to make. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Professor Risa, how important is it to discern God's will? Well, if you're going to be a Jesus follower, then you need to know what He wants you to do. Uh, he is uh, our boss. The word Lord, Kyrios uh, uh, in the New Testament, uh, it means uh, a, a person who is the boss over every aspect of your life. And if he's going to be our Lord, then we need to know what he wants us to do. Can you imagine going to work and your boss tells you, I want you to write the yearly report today. And you say, well, what do you want to have in it? And your boss says, well, all the important stuff, and then walks away. That'd be a really tough report to write. And we would probably need to be touching base with the boss throughout the day to find out what, you know, what it, what's supposed to be in this report. Well, our responsibility to God is far greater than that. And we are not just his employee, we're part of his family. And that's why it's important to know His will. There's this beautiful verse that Jesus says in Mark 3.35. He says, For whoever does the will of God, that's what we want to do, right? We want to do God's will. Whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. So if you want to be part of God's family, knowing God's will is important. Mm. I love that. So we are a child of God, not an employee of God. Right. We're a part of his family. That kind of is a bit challenging for some people because God being our father, some families, we don't look up to the father as being in control, you know, but, but God is, you know, he's so wise and he's, he's not like a control freak, but he is in control in the sense that he wants the very best for us as a loving father. So when we talk about this, I know you're an expert on Greek. What are we talking about when we use that word or the word for to know God's will in Greek? Sure. Well, in the New Testament, uh, there's, there's two related words um, that one's a verb and one's a noun. And so if we're talking about the verb, the verbal action, um, which is a thelo, and that means to desire, to want, to will, uh, to, to um, purpose for something to happen. And then there's the noun version of that, thelema, and that's the object of that willing or desiring. Uh, so the passions that we have and the desires and, and things that we want. When we talk about God's will, God's will is all-encompassing. And it, it, it accounts for all of those uh, verbal aspects and a lot more than that because, of course, God's a universal God and He has a universal will. So a friend of mine, T. Michael W. Halcom, in a podcast just a couple of weeks ago, made a statement I'm going to read here. He said, maybe the whole goal of salvation, 
the whole goal of life is to do God's will. And if God's will is that encompassing, then maybe it is that encompassing in our life to follow God's will. Of course, we could, if we misunderstand what God's will is, we could take that to an extreme and say, well, I'm not going to do anything until God tells me to do it. Um, uh, but there are different types of God's will. And that's, we want to clear that up right away. There's, there's three types that I'd like to talk about. The first is God's salvific will, the, His will for salvation. The second is His moral will. And the third, which is what we're really talking about today, is His directive will. So God's salvific will is, is, uh, is the same for all of us. He wants everyone to be saved. We can talk about being predestined by God's will to salvation because that's what He wants for us. And that's true for everybody in the whole universe, but especially here on earth. So that is something we would have to choose as well. He wants that. He is predestining us to be saved. But is everyone going to be saved? Right. And that's the funny thing about God's will. As powerful as God is, he doesn't force his will on anyone, even his salvific will. His great desire to save everyone doesn't overwhelm the right that he's given to us to say, no thanks, God. Uh, and we can say no thanks to his salvation. We can say no thanks to the revealed moral uh, law that he's provided. And we can always choose to not take the path that he's directing us on. So that's a, it's an important thing to keep in mind when we talk about God's will is it is not going to overwhelm ours. So God's moral will, which is the second type of will, is the desire that he has for us of how we live our lives day by day. And this requires to follow God's moral will, we have to really submit to him on a daily basis. Because inside of me, there's desires for uh, things that are outside of his moral will. And I'm, it's a constant battle. It's a constant um, process of, of giving in to God. Uh, but if I will follow that moral will, that's going to help me when it comes time to discern his uh, directive will. Mm, explain that. So let's say I'm embezzling from my employer. There's going to be my conscience. There's going to be things that God puts as obstacles in my path to keep me from doing that. There's going to be uh, all kinds of ways God's going to be communicating with me. Stop stealing. And in order to continue embezzling, I'm going to have to block and harden myself and not respond to God's voice when mm -hmm. I hear it. I think of, of John 16, where he says the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, will convict us, right, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And so you're saying he's going to try to convict our conscience, tell us what's right, but if we don't do it, we're hardening our hearts. That's right. Yeah. yeah, sort of like Pharaoh did. Yes. He hardened his heart. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we can't discern God's directive will in our lives if there is a problem in my heart and God's convicting me of it and I'm ignoring God. I can't ignore his voice and also listen to his voice and discern his voice at the same time. So living according to God's moral uh, requirements on a day-to-day -day basis, and again, following the guide of the Holy Spirit, following um, his voice as I read in scripture and I'm convicted of how to live and how not to live. Uh, that's going to help with the third type of will. And the third type of will is God's directive will. 
that's where God says, in this specific instance, in this circumstance, I want you to go and do this. I want you to go and do that. And that's what we're really talking about when we say, what does God want me to do? Paul talks about God's will in terms of Paul plans to do one thing or do another thing, but it's always couched in if it is God's will. He's recognizing that he has plans, but that God may have different plans, and he's open to that, uh, including things that Paul would rather not have happen. And that's true in our lives. We have to be, if we're going to be looking for God's will in our life, we have to be open to the fact that his will might not be what we want, might not be uh, what we would choose. That doesn't mean that uh, when bad things happen, it's God's will. Absolutely not. Uh, there's, uh, this is a rebellious, sinful world. And so there's a lot of atrocities, a lot of uh, tragedies that take place um, that we shouldn't look at someone else, else's tragedy and say, well, this is God's will. Mm-hmm. We may find that in our own situation. We may see God's will in it, but that's ours to, to find. But Paul continually says, whatever God wills, that's what I want to have happen, even though I have other plans. So we often will cite Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a very famous verse that talks about the good plans that God has for us. But I think maybe it'd be helpful for us to think about John 16, 33 a little more often too. And John 16, 33 says, in the world you have tribulation. That's just the reality. The good news, of course, he says, take courage, I have overcome the world. But that doesn't mean that the, tri- the, the uh, tribulation, the, the trouble will stop. But it's comforting to know that during the tribulation, God is with us and he's holding our hand and guiding us through that. So, Professor Risa, what can we do to improve our discernment of God's will? And that question really means what can we do to discern our, uh, improve our discernment of God's directive will, right? Mm -hmm. And, And the answer to that is we start with, God's moral will. We live according to God's moral will to the best of our ability. And that's not going to be perfect. But when we have that pang of conviction to either do something or to not do something, we listen to that and respond. And when we get used to hearing God's voice and responding to God's voice, then when we're in those situations where we're we're not sure which path to take, which door to open, which you know window to jump out of, then we're going to be able to to better hear God's voice. What fights against us is something I call the three P's. It's my desire for pleasure, profit, or power. And of course, that means ungodly pleasure and uh, abusive power uh, or unjust profit. And if I am going after those things and God's saying no, then I'm ignoring him. That really hurts my ability to hear if I say, suddenly say, hey, God, I think that you should tell me what to do in this situation. Can you give us some guidelines of how we can determine what God's will is in a given situation? Great question. There are so many ways we can determine God's will and we can hear God's voice. Uh, being a mature Christian means uh, exploring and being able to, to understand those, those things. Now, of course, we want a vision or a dream, or maybe God's audible voice speaking down to us. That would be fantastic when we, when we aren't sure what to do. Those are very rare occurrences. 
the more common occurrence is that we will uh, encounter someone uh, who's a faithful follower of God. As they're speaking to us, we will hear God speaking through them. We'll see our situation arranged in such a way that we see divine providence working things out for us. We may have time in Scripture as we're reading Scripture that God is speaking to our hearts. And actually, this is my go-to. I know when I'm facing a decision, I'm not sure what to do. Uh, I, I open Scripture and, and go to the Bible. And not that the words are going to tell me, um, but uh, this is when God speaks most clearly to us through His Word. When we do that, we need to be open to the possibility that even then we won't hear a very clear answer to our specific question in this specific situation. Sometimes that may be because God wants us to wait. Often, I think, it's because God is okay with either choice. So you could have more than one option and all of them could be part of God's will? Or He could work His will through all of them? Right. Both, maybe. Uh, so let's say uh, God's will is for you to get to point C. And He could take you from point A and take you through different routes to point C. He may, he may say at this, at this uh, Y that you're facing, it doesn't really matter which way you, you, you take. If you keep following me, we'll get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. He may have a hundred ways. Uh, when we serve an, an, uh, a God who is unfathomable in his wisdom and knowledge, we need to be open to the fact that he is able to do with us uh, what we can't even imagine, and his foresight is, is better than our hindsight. So sometimes it may be that he doesn't give us clear direction uh, on a specific choice. Now, that doesn't mean that we should wait and not do anything. It means we should probably get go ahead and, and make a choice. Uh, if we haven't heard from God, go ahead and move in faith. The problem with that is that when we do that, we need to make sure that we are open to God stopping us. Like Paul, we need to say, if it's according to your will, Lord, I think I'm going to take path B. And if God stops us and sends us back, we need to be okay with that. We need to have the humility. Uh, to, to, we need to be the living sacrifices is actually the term that Paul uses here. And I want to read from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 where he says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. So living sacrifice, that means you're, you're heading down the path. You're not just sitting and waiting. You're actually actively living your life. Acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So sometimes we have to head down the road before we will know whether that path is God's will or not. So not to get stuck in indecision. It's better to make a decision and also be open to God putting the brakes on, right? And saying, okay, you've made a decision. You're going in this direction. I just want to, I want to redirect you. That's right. Yeah. There's a, there's a humility to that. There's also a boldness. Takes, takes, uh, takes some courage to not be fully clear on what lies ahead and to, to head out in that direction anyway. Especially if we have a desire for something. If God's, you know, if we have a passion for, for uh, one, one path over the other, that's not a bad thing, it's not a wrong thing, as long as it's a godly desire. 
And so we look for the opportunities and we follow them. Uh, in Romans chapter 1, we have this amazing uh, uh, insight into Paul's prayer life. Romans chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, he says, For God, whom I serve in my spirit, in the preaching of the gospel of His Son, is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers, making a request, if perhaps, now at last, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. So Paul had in his heart, he wanted to go see the Romans. He just, uh, he wanted to be with them. And he kept trying, he kept trying, and it seemed like it just wasn't working out. And so he's praying and praying and praying and doing all he could. But again, put it into the context of if it is God's will, it will work out. And of course, we, have, we find out eventually it does work out. He does, he does end up in Rome. This type of faith and discernment of God's will requires maturity because it requires experience with God. It's something that we learn in hindsight. Uh, we, we can't know going into it how it's going to work out. But as we look back over our lives, we can see that God has been faithful. So when my wife Patty and I were nearing graduation from Berman University 20 years ago now, we had lined up a few different options. Uh, we'd kind of thought, you know, we could do this or this or this. And, and of course, uh, some of those we weren't in control of, right? Uh, and, but we had, we had a, uh, a list of things that we would be okay with the next step. And we'd kind of put that before God. And we had one that we liked the best. And that was that we would, uh, that I'd be able to pastor in a community and she'd be able to teach, teach in that same community. And of course, that, that's what we wanted. Um, that, was our, that was our ideal. And, and that, that possibility came about. We had an opportunity in a, to go to a community and, 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 and both work there. And the temptation could, could be, uh, I'm not sure if that's God's will because it's also my will. Maybe I should go and do something that I don't want because that's, that's what God's will will be, right? Something I don't want. Uh, but that's not always the case. God often puts passions on our hearts and then opens doors for us to do what He's called us to do and, and to put on our hearts. And so we went in that direction. Uh, we, and we, 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 we took that path um, asking that God shut the door if that wasn't His will um, and or to make, you know, just make sure it didn't happen. But we had a sense of peace about it. And I've learned over the years that having that sense of peace is a sure sign that I am uh, heading down a path that God can bless. And what does that look like, that sense of peace? Great question. It, it's, the, it's the singular sign that I look for from God. Um, I don't toss a lot of fleeces out and say, God, show me a sign of what I should do. Uh, I, I live my life looking for peace with God in my day-to-day -day walk because He removes my peace when I stray off, especially when I'm not living according to His moral will. Um, he's gonna, He's gonna rob my peace. He will take my, my sense of peace away and, and that's part of His correction to guide me back. And, and when I make big life decisions uh, and what my family does and, and we pray about it and, and we will move and we look for the, the peace and we will often find ourselves in very difficult situations, uh, situations that could go wrong, that could not work out, and we keep looking for the peace in that circumstance. 
and with the power of God's peace. Uh, it's a very powerful thing. You can walk through difficult things, and uh, even if uh, you're not happy with the situation. That's, that's very powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, we just got a few, a few more minutes, but um, I just want to explore that thing of uh, the idea of peace, and that is that Jesus offers us the peace that surpasses understanding. When you and Patty made that decision to go ahead, uh, did you, was it comfortable? I, just, sometimes people think, okay, peace, that means you're comfortable. Right, uh, definitely not. And uh, as most graduates will find when they leave university and they head out in their first job, uh, they often encounter things that they weren't, they didn't think that they would face. Um, there are situations and uh, difficulties and requirements that, uh, that are a struggle. And my first year as a pastor was pretty rough. My wife's first year as a teacher, it was, it was tough. It was a tough year, and I think most pastors and teachers can, <laughs> can relate to that. Mm -hmm. but, but through it, we, uh, we, were, we were not uncertain that God was still leading, that we, you know, that we were off, off track as far as God's will was. We were still at peace that, you know, this is, this is the direction that was, that was uh, a direction he was pleased with and was part of his will. Well, I think about us. Mm -hmm. When we immigrated to Canada from South Africa, I didn't want to leave my family behind. But, and we first decided not to come, but then we didn't have that peace. There was a certain kind of restlessness. Mm -hmm. And then when we decided we were going to go forth with the immigration and pack up everything and move hundreds and thousands of miles away, we did have that peace. That mm -hmm. peace, like you said, you can't, it's, you can't explain it. It's, it's unexplainable. But it certainly was not comfortable moving away, you know, from home and, and being here and starting off in a new country, um, a new life. But in hindsight, like you mentioned earlier on, we can, I can see that we did that and that opened up so many doors and led our life in such a beautiful way. If we didn't come to Canada, we wouldn't be where we are today. Absolutely. You know, right. so. And now that you've been through that and had that experience, the next time it happens, it's recognizable. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm at peace in this tumultuous, and I wasn't before. Okay, I think we're on the right track. So That's learning so true. God's will and following God's will is a matter of maturity. It's almost like learning a language, right? The language of heaven and, and discerning His voice. We grow in humility, we grow in maturity, and that's what having a relationship with Jesus is. It's walking with Him and seeking His guidance day in and day out. Well, Professor Risa, we've come to the end of our program. I wonder if you can please pray for us before we do end. I'd be delighted to. Heavenly Father, you have promised that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us guidance, that you won't leave us in this world by ourselves. And yet sometimes we face situations where we want to hear your voice. Father, we pray that you will give us the the patience and the humility and the boldness to uh, be living sacrifices, to walk humbly with you, seeking your will in the mundane day-to-day -day things, learning to hear your voice, that you will direct us, you will stop us if need be, but that you will be with us. Amen. 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 
Thank you, Professor Risa, for your prayer. And also thank you for sharing these practical guidelines from God's word on how to know God's will for your life. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. Friends, as Professor Stephen Reeser shared with us today, the Word of God is the source of wisdom and truth that we can always count on. And so we want to help you to understand God's Word, the Bible, for yourself even better. And so our free offer for you today is our Bible study guides. Whether you want to learn the major teachings of God's Word or Bible prophecy, we can assist you to find answers for how to face the issues and challenges you deal with every day. Here is the information you will need to receive your own free Bible study guides today. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.